Ideas are everywhere. Welcome to Lessons Learned in Marketing, the Phoenix Group Podcast. I'm your host, David Bellarive. On today's show, I talk with Rory Capern, Managing Director for Twitter Canada. And joining me to talk with Rory is our own superstar, Kevin Hayes. It's a wide, it's a wonderful, wide-ranging conversation, so let's get right to it. Well, thank you very much for joining us, and hello, Rory. Hi, how's it going? Very, very good. Um, I wonder if we just start off with um, you telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do. So I'm the managing director of Twitter Canada. Um, I'm a proud Canadian, born and raised in Ottawa, uh, now living in Toronto for the last 20 years or so. I've been in this role for about 14 months, and my remit here is really Twitter Canada's sort of business presence across everything we do in Canada. So sales and marketing and comms and policy, but also user services and a bunch of other things. Well, we are uh, so, so happy that you could uh, chat to uh, the people of the prairies today and uh, share some, (laughs) (laughs) help us, uh, help us learn how to use Twitter better and uh, tell us a little bit about what's new. And why don't we start with that? What's new at Twitter? So tons new going on at Twitter. I think probably most important in the context of what we've been up to in Canada for the last little while is really articulating what Twitter is, if you can believe it, um, from, a, from a brand perspective. We're in, a, we're in an interesting spot. Twitter just turned 11. And it was last year where we went out really strong with kind of a new articulation of what we are. We'd gone through a long period of time where there was some confusion about what Twitter was for and, and why it was different from you know, most of the other big platforms that are out there. Interestingly, and I think you know you, you, you kind of mentioned this in some of the preamble to the discussion, but Twitter is very well known, and hardcore Twitter users know what Twitter is. But our brand recognition is through the roof, but our uh, the population's understanding of what we do differently wasn't really there as much as we wanted. So, what, what's new at Twitter is fully articulating that. So, Twitter is what's happening in the world right now. We did a really sort of deep dive internally to figure out what makes us different and what we can do better than anyone else. And the idea that you know, new information travels first and fast on Twitter was you know, that one big thing that we do really well. And since then, and that was kind of mid-2016, we've re-vectored all of our work in terms of product development, in terms of you know, branding, our sales value proposition, how we talk to users, to serve that purpose, to make sure that Twitter becomes increasingly uh, relevant, fast, and excellent at delivering you know, news, not in the traditional news sense, you know, finance, politics, and that stuff, but new information about whatever it is that the user finds interesting, uh, first, best, and fast. So how, how are you doing that? Or how are you? Yeah. A couple of different prongs, um, not least of which is product development, right? So when you narrow your definition and sort of purpose for living like that, a lot of things become really clear. So one yeah. thing we've done at Twitter over the course of the last year is streamline our development efforts to serve that mission of delivering what's happening fast. That's a product development exercise in the context of you know, just making Twitter better and, and faster in the context of you know, delivering relevant tweets. But it's also in the creation of a whole series of new products that helped the, for that mission. Uh, you've seen us do a ton probably in live video over the course of the last while. Right? We've got a massive slate of content that's available in a live streaming context on Twitter that wasn't here, you know, even 18 months ago. So video has been a major play for us and a, and a big part of our focus. We've also done a ton of work in things like moments, which allow 
users and, and brands and Twitter itself to sort of encapsulate key things that are happening on Twitter in an album-like experience that provides the user with the ability to see multiple tweets on a given topic. We're also doing some really important work with the newly created Explore tab on Twitter, which now surfaces information that is you know, useful and interesting to users in a context that helps to start to paint the picture of you know, multiple sides of the discussion, encouraging the use of you know, the following of hashtags, which has been kind of a core feature on Twitter for a long time, but um, servicing that context to make sure that people are getting relevant information about the things that they find interesting and seeing multiple sides of the discussion, for example. So a, a ton of different initiatives that are underway, probably the most important of which in the last four or five months is specifically around safety, right? So the issue of people feeling safe to, um, to be on Twitter is incredibly important for us as well as the user base. And so over the course of the last several months, we've been rolling a new feature almost every week in the context of making Twitter just a safer place to communicate. What so we've done a number of things over the course of the last little while. Um, that serve that mission, not the least of which are some, some announcements that we've rolled about uh, investing in both technology and in people to ensure that tweets that may have objectionable content or things that users would find uh, offensive are actually obfuscated. So we're providing the user with the ability to decide what kind of content they want to see on the platform. Uh, oh, okay. and in those places where there may be content that's more objectionable, that they're provided with a warning beforehand. And, and uh, I guess... I don't know what the right word is. I don't want to say the wrong word, but filtering that, is, is that what you mean by safety? Like, um, or, or so how do you mean? Filtration is a really tough one. What, what we want to do is make sure that um, Twitter has, has been a very loud and, and sort of clear advocate for free speech for a very long time. It's one of our sort of core guiding principles, and it's something that we take extremely seriously. But to ride the line between free speech and safety in the context of language that's used and ideas that are shared that may be objectionable to some, the idea is to provide more control to the user around what they want to see and to allow the user to define their experience by ensuring that content that may be offensive is uh, not surfacing in a way that is you know, super obvious or that isn't, isn't controlled. Oh, okay. And will that be done through like, uh, through, like uh, my settings or how do, how do I control that? So even in the last quarter, you've seen some of this, but we've, we've rolled a number of new sort of control setting features, things like being able to control um, the nature of the content that appears in search on Twitter, right? So when you're looking for different types of content, not you know, everything that you saw before, especially if it's objectionable, will show up in search. We've also provided a whole series of controls around uh, keyword filtering, right? So if the user on their side wants to make sure that words never show up, in their um, timeline, then we can do that. And I think probably the most important, which isn't as new, but it's something that we're educating a lot more about, are features around blocking users that you just don't want to hear from or muting users that you don't want to hear from, right? So blocking just says, I won't ever hear from that user again. Muting says, I won't see that person's comments in my timeline, right? So these are controls that we're providing users to make sure that the experience that we can deliver is the one that they're looking for. And is there, um, 
an additional piece around that, uh, I thought I'd, I've read over the past 24 months, uh, Twitter has uh, made updates to its uh, algorithms to help uh, start serving more relevant content to its users. Uh, maybe as uh, in the past, it has just served all the content in a in a stacking uh, formation. Uh, is is that an accurate assessment of what's happening with your sure. algorithm? Yeah. Another way to describe it is we used to have a purely chronological timeline. Right. So all the people you followed tweets sort of stacked up by timestamp. And so everything that was being tweeted would be shown in the order that it was tweeted. Um, right. We changed that, uh, I think, a little, a little over a year ago now. Um, the term that we were using at that time was an algorithmic timeline. And the, the mission that we're trying to serve with a more algorithmic-driven timeline is certainly not to, again, filter content. It's to try and provide increased relevance to the content that people are seeing within the timeline. So if, for example, we know that or we're, we're, we're seeing you interact with a certain user a lot, we've done things like while you were away, right, and surfacing tweets from those users that we think you're going to find really interesting and sort of interrupting the, the, the feed or the timeline to make sure that we're surfacing those tweets that you may have missed because we appreciate that not all users are always on the platform. Um, what we're not doing, really importantly, is using algorithms to drive content that you're not following, right? So you'll only ever see content from people that you're following. Every once in a while, you might get some recommendations around accounts that we recommend that you follow. But it, it, the experience that you'll get within Twitter is now simply just being informed by um, data that shows us what kind of content you find more interesting and making sure that we're servicing that in a way that sort of broke out from the pure chronological timeline that we had before. Right. Well, for what it's worth, I like it. So I like the while you're away. So. <laughs> I, I as well. And Will, how will these updates uh, help brands? Well, there's a, there's a few different things here. Um, first of all, from a product uh, focus, we've introduced a whole new series of uh, promotional tools that brands can use to advertise on Twitter in far richer ways. Right. So video is a really easy example. Uh, site sound emotion ads are, are obviously pretty impactful in the context of what's going on, in, on on the internet today. And we've done a lot with video. But we've also introduced a whole series of new formats that allow brands to have a larger canvas for expression. Um, one of the comments that we, we get often is 140 characters can be a little constricting in the context of telling a story. So the ability to tweet in images, uh, the ability to tweet multiple images within a single tweet, so a carousel uh, type of experience, video, audio, you know, a real uh, enriching, enlivening of the canvas upon which brands can use to advertise on Twitter um, is certainly one facet of, of how we're improving the experience. We've also done some other things uh, in the context of, again, in the same spirit as I was talking about before, providing brands with their ability to control the experience of their presence on Twitter as well, right? So um, as it relates to tools, one of the things we've done, for example, is, is launched a whole host of features and functionality around customer service. So brands are now able to engage directly with users on Twitter who are providing them with feedback or complaints and the ability to sort of rectify and deal with, user, with users that are having problems right in Twitter. Twitter's long been a major channel for customer service issues um, where people were effectively broadcasting problems. And now we provided brands with the opportunity to you know, speak to users you know, back in those scenarios where they are having issues, but also engage them in direct message conversations to actually resolve their problem. Whether it's, you know, delayed flights for an airline or, you know, hotel reservations or, you know, banking issues or, or issues with wireless uh, packages and all that kind of stuff. Many, many Canadian brands have engaged on Twitter in a whole new way 
to use it as a way to surprise and delight customers by actually resolving some of the issues that they're having. Um, so that, those are just sort of two examples. One, a very new, rich, live canvas in terms of how promotion can be done. But two, the opening up of this new sort of experience on Twitter for brands that talks about customer service as a major opportunity and a, and a very powerful platform. Yeah, and you know, Rory, I like what you said uh, at the beginning around uh, Twitter is about what is happening in the world right now. We've certainly seen success um, with uh, sports. Um, you know, our work with the Rough Riders—they've had tremendous success on Twitter uh, in the paid and organic um, uh, parts of uh, Twitter. Um, business to business, you know, manufacturing news or agri-value news or agriculture news. Um, what's happening in the industry? Uh, what government is doing? Uh, all of that um, is a really nice fit for Twitter for us, um, we've seen uh, with our clients. So can any type of business succeed on Twitter? For the most part, yeah. I mean, in, in, in looking at that question, I'm hard-pressed to find examples of companies or sectors that won't benefit from engaging their users that way. I mean, at the, at the simplest level, um, where people are interested in exploring what's happening in the world on a given topic, the ability for brands to be there and be part of that conversation with the user, agnostic of what that conversation is, and the breadth is staggeringly large, right? A whole myriad of different conversations are happening on Twitter at any given point in time, and they happen across all different industries and all different categories and all different types of products. The ability to be interwoven into those conversations for brands to actually participate and speak with users in this platform with a recency and a relevance that is kind of unprecedented, I don't think has any limits in the context of what kinds of businesses can be involved, whether it's you know, the, uh, the pizza store uh, in your local neighborhood or some of the largest brands in the country. There's lots going on across the entire economy on Twitter that I think bodes well, both in terms of the experience that, or the relationship that users have with brands but also in terms of results, whether it's you know brands trying to advertise and get you know business objectives accomplished, we're seeing significant traction in both. Yeah, and, and one of the pieces that I really like about Twitter, which uh, it houses one of the biggest value propositions for social in general, is that instant uh, communication with a brand from a service uh, perspective. And you know, I think I think I heard Gary Vaynerchuk say this, but. Uh, Social and Twitter specifically is a big opportunity to show people that you care about them as your customer. And I find Twitter is one of the most valuable platforms to show uh, your audience that you care, uh, whether that's government, B2C, B2B. Um, so with that, uh, do you have any examples of uh, Canadian businesses that, uh, or organizations or brands that are really rocking Twitter? Yeah, I mean, one of the ones that I would point to first and fast is Rogers Communications here, and uh, we work to do a lot of work with them in Toronto. Um, they've adopted the customer service platform uh, very quickly and very robustly. And what they're doing is basically speaking to the user in the channel that they want to be spoken to, right? So when somebody tweets about an experience with Rogers, in a very, very quick time frame, they will be engaged back, and Rogers is there to you know try as best they can to solve whatever issues there are. We're seeing a lot of work across a number of banks as well in Canada, kind of the big five, in the context of, of how they're wanting to ensure that they're there all the time for their customers as well. Um, we see work, in the, again, in the travel sector with the airlines, you know, really interested in ensuring that people are uh, on top of what's happening with changing flight schedules and you know, issues with, with transportation. 
So I, I'm very proud of, of uh, the Canadian sort of economy's adoption of what I believe to be a very powerful new way of engaging with customers. And I think the other thing that it's worth talking about here too is the impact that it has. So we're showing that amazingly, and it, it's, it's, it's an interesting study in human behavior as well as sort of business results, but a big part of the story is the ability to get back quickly. Right? So what we find is classically when people are tweeting about problems they're having with a brand, they're usually in a situation that's pretty important to them, right? My phone doesn't work, or well, it's hard to tweet on Twitter without your phone working, but um, you know, my flight's been delayed, I've got an issue with my hotel or whatever it is. The fast resolution of those issues speaks volumes to the quality of the relationship that the customer is having with that brand. And one of the best examples that I can give you is Toronto Hydro. Uh, I'm live here in Toronto, we had a major power outage. And um, to figure out you know, how long it was gonna take to resolve and, and when we, how long it was gonna take to get power back, um, you know, I will embarrassingly admit that I was the guy that picked up the phone to call the 1-800 number. Uh, my wife- After you turned the radio on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my wife had the presence of mind to, to, to open Twitter and tweet at Toronto Hydro. She got an answer to our, our question within about 30 seconds of asking it. Whereas I was still going through the interactive voice response commands to try and figure out, you know, what part of the service would get me the answer that I wanted. She already had the answer, right? So this ability to surprise and delight customers in times of need, um, particularly on Twitter, because of the speed and the expectation that people have about instantaneous communication and staying up on top of what's going on, um, is incredibly powerful. And even in my own life, again, I'm, I sort of throw it out there as an embarrassment that as the MD of Twitter, I didn't think to use it myself. I did. <laughs> Um, and it was an amazing experience. And we'll see we're, more and more. Right we're now. really familiar with power outages on Twitter here in Saskatchewan because SAS Power actually uses it really well. Whenever there's a power outage, they mm-hmm. uh, inform right away and say uh, there's a power outage, and they use Twitter. And then uh, as soon as they know, they they say crews have dispatched, and when they get there, they say crews have uh, found whatever, and it'll take. Uh, they uh, they put an estimate of how long the power will be out for. It's it's it, it is really effective there. Well, and that's how it, back in the day, uh, you know, hashtags really took off. It was a way to organize communications and organize a conversation that were happening in things like hurricanes and natural disasters. That's when it really got mm-hmm. its usefulness yeah. as a tool. Are you seeing um, smaller brands as well being able to be successful on Twitter? Sure, we, we did. We certainly are. I mean, I think what we're what we're noticing in general is a, first of all, rapid growth of the the, the number of people in Canada who are using Twitter. Business is no exception, but also um, the geographic dispersion of the usage itself. Right. So in the very early days, there was a pretty significant clustering around some of the big urban centers, and over the last several years, we've really seen this smooth out. Right. So we've got businesses across the country of all different shapes and sizes doing great things. I think what's important about this one too is as I speak to particularly small business owners, the idea is to be able to create this relationship with the user base where oftentimes the trust is really high and the opportunity to communicate with with your customer in the channel that they want to communicate with you in is really important. right? So for a brand to be able to acknowledge or see or understand that their customers are on Twitter and to put themselves in position to be able to use that platform because their customers already chosen it has been, I think, the common thread amongst all these different industries. So whether they're plumbers 
or restaurant owners or utilities or mayors of cities or you know, all these different applications. The common thread is they found a communication vehicle upon which their customer is already relying. They're using for this you know, very fast communication and the ability to stay up on what's going on. And they're able to engage in the right environment at the right time on this platform. So as I said earlier, I really don't think that there's any limits to who can use this well. I haven't found you know, particularly challenging parts of the Canadian economy where you know, some businesses are struggling. If you have a customer that wants to be spoken with uh, in a very quick way, I think you have a really significant opportunity on Twitter as a business owner. That's right. And uh, sometimes Twitter gets uh, pigeonholed into it's a place for uh, mainstream media um, only and if um, or, or um, uh, you know, it's where journalists hang out. But, you know, I would urge anybody who's thinking about if they're a small business on how to use Twitter. Uh, I remember in... Um, you know, seven or eight years ago, Naked Pizza, I think they're out of the States, uh, they had amazing success uh, with uh, their Twitter campaign. And they were one of the first smaller businesses to jump on Twitter and uh, leverage it to uh, sell more pizzas. And so uh, I agree, if you're Rogers or if you're um, Naked Pizza, um, they're, they're, we have seen a fit in most verticals and in most businesses uh, where Twitter has proven to be a valuable, uh, a valuable uh, platform. Are there any common kind of uh, mistakes or, or things you see uh, on Twitter and you're going, ah, if only they do this, or things that brands could be, um, yeah, maybe some common mistakes that people are making? Sure. I think probably the most common mistake is uh, communicating on Twitter the way that you would communicate on other sort of broadcast or large media. We're a bit of a different field, right? So the what I often talk about with the marketers of the firms that, that I'm working with, or even you know ind individual users who are using Twitter for communication purposes, what I think resonates on Twitter more than anything else is authentic voice, right? So people don't want to hear the typical rack commercial if you're a brand. They want to hear what you really think about an issue, or they want, or they want to understand your essence as a company and, and kind of how you show up and, and what you look like and feel like. And I think you know, oftentimes the, the best example that I can provide is we sometimes see brands wanting to run their regular TV commercial formats on Twitter. And, you know, for a whole series of reasons, that's not a great strategy. One, it isn't particularly interactive, and that's one of the most apparent uh, benefits of the platform. But two, uh, 30 seconds is not really a expected or reasonable time to get somebody's attention on Twitter in the context of the user experience, right? We're seeing the most effective video creating, establishing and landing its message within the three to six second window, for example, right? So, totally different experience. It's a lot faster. Um, the expectation on the user and the usual user state is that they're absorbing information really, really quickly. Stopping for a long format ad is really not, you know, how you would normally expect to engage with a brand on Twitter. I think, you know, some of the other stuff is, is just frankly language and position that sounds too corporate. On Twitter, people are speaking to people that they're interested in, in, in their opinion. And when they follow a brand, they want the opinion of the brand in a way that's very authentic. And so can a brand be authentic as like a brand or do you need to be a person in, like, do you use that brand? Do you recommend using that brand tag or brand um, ID or is it? Or should it be the, the I, person, you know, Jim, who's I, the service manager? Really well either, either way. I mean, look at what Wendy's is doing right now as a brand on Twitter. It's hilarious yeah. and it's landing extremely well, right? So there they've, got a corporate account that they don't have an individual sort of personality behind, but that brand speaks in an authentic voice and 
it's doing exceptionally well. In other cases, you have brands, I'll pick just sort of off the top of my head, um, John Legere out of, with, with T-Mobile in the US is the brand. The CEO has become the brand for, for T-Mobile on, um, on Twitter. And that's also a very effective execution, right? So there's all kinds of different ways to do it. The key is um, to speak in a consistent, authentic voice. Whatever you want to say, just say it in a way that's genuine. Oh, that's great. Um, uh, we've, um, we're coming short on time. And uh, so uh, before we wrap this up, uh, Rory, um, do you have any final parting thoughts for uh, people considering Twitter uh, as a part of their uh, paid uh, media mix or their organic uh, digital strategy? Yeah, I think one of the most important messages that I can leave is that um, Twitter is very large in Canada. We have uh, just sort of coming up on 13 million Canadians a month who are using what we call the Bluebird app or just sort of Twitter itself. These audiences are massive and there's significant opportunity through you know great targeting capabilities to weave your brand into a very large and vibrant conversation that's happening every day, right? So in some cases, we're considered as sort of the major events platform where people want to advertise around big things that are happening. That's certainly an opportunity, but there's also enormous conversations across this massive Canadian population that are talking about uh, business. They're talking about industries. They're talking about experiences that they're having. And the opportunity to be there is very powerful. We're doing great work with major Canadian brands driving serious results. And I think this is an opportunity to scale substantially for most Canadian business. Rory, thank you very much. We really appreciate your time and uh, sharing your thoughts and uh, news with us about Twitter. Yeah. If people um, are interested in finding out more, or getting more information about Twitter, uh, who do they tweet? Uh, well, if they want to know more about me, it's at Rory Capern. If they want to know more about Twitter, it's uh, at Twitter Canada. Awesome. Great. Thank you again very much. Yeah, thanks, Roy. Thanks very much. All right. Great one. You too. Bye. That's the episode for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, thoughts, comments, please reach out. I love getting feedback. And you can subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. It's very exciting to see the number of downloads and how the podcast is growing. So I thank you very much. Here's a little reward for you to listen all the way to the end. Well, maybe it's not so much a reward. Kevin Hayes was speaking at the host conference for Tourism Saskatchewan, and he said uh, something that stuck in my head. Humility is not rewarded on the internet, so I have to be a little bit brash. And if you are listening to here, why not leave a review on iTunes? There's no reviews for Lessons Learned in Marketing yet, and so many people are listening. If you do leave a review, and it's up to you, good or bad, doesn't matter, I will um, reward you, incent you with a gift. How's that from one of our clients? Now, if so many reviews pour in, like two or three, then I'll make a draw. But uh, if, if I even get one, we'll, uh, we'll boldly announce that next week. Join me again next week and thank you again for listening.